Good. Is that okay, Mary? Am I? Yeah? Okay. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon. If I'm not mistaken, it's Father's Day today. Am I right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. So we're celebrating fathers today. Yes. And celebrating fatherhood. So, first of all, let me say that um, even though it's Father's Day and we're celebrating fathers, my message is for all the men. Because I believe that God has called us all as men to be fathers. After all, fathers are those who lead, who direct, who guide, who love, who care for, who protect, who nurture. And I believe that God calls all men to do these things. So my message is for all men as fathers. Secondly, please ladies, don't feel left out. <laughs> I know I'm speaking to fathers, but as the scripture says, if we have an ear to hear what the Spirit says, we'll hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. So in my message, there's something for you ladies as well to receive from God. And last but not least, let me say this, that um, normally when we speak on Father's Day, invariably our message is to do with what we ought to do as fathers. But I want to speak slightly differently today. I want to also concentrate on who we ought to be as fathers and how we ought to be as fathers. Because I believe who I am and how I am informs what I do. So we want to see how we ought to be as fathers, how we ought to be as men. And as we do that, we will see what God wants us to do. I'm going to start off with three scriptures. They're not directly related, but they all have to do with fatherhood. So there is a connection between the three verses. First of all, I'm going to read 1 John 3.1, which says, How great is the love the Father has lavished, has bestowed on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what, that is who we are. What a marvellous scripture. We are the children of God. And he is lavished. He's bestowed his love upon us. And Psalm 103.13 says, As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. And James 1.17 Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. So my message is based on these three scriptures. So first of all, let's establish that God is our Father. If we don't take anything other from this message, let's be assured of that. God is our Father. God is revealed to us in scripture as Father. In fact, it's fundamental to our understanding of God to know and to appreciate that God is indeed our Father. 
We can't really understand who God is, really, unless we understand that he is our Father. Jesus says, when you pray, say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Jesus introduces the Father, God to us, as the Father. So we must know, we must understand, and in understanding we must also acknowledge that he is our Father. It's one thing to know he's our Father, it's another thing to acknowledge that he is our Father. So what I want to do today is to look at some of the divine attributes and characteristics of our Heavenly Father. I want to have a look at the character of our Heavenly Father, because as men, that's what we ought to be like. We want to be like our Heavenly Father. I'm going to have a look at four characteristics. I probably could have found 40, but we haven't got enough time. So I'm just going to have a look at four characteristics of our Heavenly Father. First of all, He's loving. Secondly, He is compassionate. Thirdly, He is generous. And fourthly, He is unchangeable. That's what we're going to have a look at today. And let me say this first of all. These divine attributes and characteristics of our Heavenly Father should be apparent and made manifest in the lives of all those who call him Father, especially us as men. God is indeed our Heavenly Father. And there's a saying, isn't there? You've probably heard it. Like father, like son. You've heard of that, yeah? So if anyone should be like their father, it should be us as Christian men who profess to be sons of our Heavenly Father. As Christian men, we most certainly should be like our Heavenly Father. So first of all, our Heavenly Father is loving. Let me repeat that verse I said at the beginning. How great is the love the Father has lavished, has bestowed on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The Father is loving and he expresses his love lavishly. He expresses his love generously by adopting us into his family, whereby we are called children of God. What a great privilege for us who were alienated and enemies from God. The scripture says, Ephesians 2, But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near, through the blood of Christ. And in verse 19, consequently, you no longer are foreigners and aliens, but fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household. God has brought us into his family and he is indeed our Heavenly Father. 
He's adopted us into his family because of his great love for us. So as fathers and as men, we've been called to express this same lavish, this same generous love to others so that we might be like our Heavenly Father. 1 John 4.19 and following says, We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God, yet hates his brother, hates his sister, he's a liar. Strong word. For anyone who does not love his brother or his sister, whom he has seen, cannot love God, whom he has not seen. And God has given us this command. Whoever loves God must also love his brother and love his sister. It's very categorical, isn't it? There's no room for any misunderstanding. Those who say they love God must love their brother and love their sister. So as fathers and as men, we're tasked with expressing, with demonstrating the love of God, the love of our Heavenly Father. I hope you're getting a picture of the Father and who he is and what he expects of us and for us. The Heavenly Father, he is compassionate. Psalm 103.13 As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. 2 Corinthians 1.3 says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort. He is the Father of compassion. He is the God of all comfort. He is the source of all compassion. He is the source of all comfort. Compassion flows from him. Comfort flows from him. Isn't God good? As our Heavenly Father is compassionate, so he calls all fathers, all men, to also be compassionate. So what's compassion anyway? What is it? There are many different dictionary definitions, but this is my own definition. Compassion is care and concern motivated by love. You see, compassion is not just a feeling. Compassion should always be expressed and demonstrated by action. John speaks of this in his epistle. 1 John 3.17, he says, If anyone has material possessions and sees his brother or his sister in need, but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in him? Very good question. We ought to demonstrate our compassion through our actions. It's not just a feeling, it's an action. James also speaks about this. James 2, 15 and 16. He says, 
Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to him, Go, I wish you well, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about his physical needs, what good is that? No good at all. Compassion must always be put into action. Not just a feeling, not just a thought. It's an activity. Jesus speaks of this in the parable of the Good Samaritan, which I'm sure we're all familiar with. The Samaritans were despised by the Jews. They were outcasts from the community of Israel. And yet the Samaritan took pity, took compassion on the Jew. He didn't pass by on the other side as the others had. He didn't say, oh, what a shame, what a pity. What are things coming to? No, he got involved. He got down on his hands and knees. He attended to the Jew who was in need. He had compassion on him. He put his compassion into action. He put the man on his donkey. He took him to the inn. He cared for him. He gave money for the upkeep of that man. And he said, if it costs any more, when I come again, I'll reimburse you of anything extra. Here is compassion in action. That's what we ought to be like as men, as fathers. Then we will be truly like our Heavenly Father. Since our Heavenly Father is compassionate, we should follow his example as fathers and as men. And we ought to be compassionate also. Our Heavenly Father, He is generous. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. James locates the source of every good and perfect gift. They come down from above. They come to us from the Father, our Heavenly Father. It's good to know where good gifts come from, isn't it? Every good gift comes from our, our Heavenly Father. They may come through other people. They may come via circumstances. But the source of every good and perfect gift is from above, from our Heavenly Father. Our Heavenly Father is a generous Father and he's always seeking ways to bless his children. But his gifts are not to be taken for granted. They are to be received gratefully. Do you remember the incident when Jesus healed the ten lepers? And he sent them away to show themselves to the priest. And only one returned to give thanks. And Jesus said, there's only one who's returned. Where are the other nine? And Jesus marveled that only one had returned. God has an expectation that those he blesses, those who are good to, 
should show their gratitude. And not only does he expect it, but actually he's looking for it. God looks for grateful hearts, for grateful people, because it pleases him when we show our gratitude. So let's, as we receive God's good and perfect gifts, let's be people who express our gratitude to him. Noma read this scripture just before, Ephesians 1.3. This shows our eternal blessings. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Notice that he says every spiritual blessing. They all come to us from the Father in Christ. His grace, his mercy, his love, his salvation, every spiritual blessing in Christ comes to us from the Father. And in 1 Timothy 6.17, Paul speaks of material blessings. Paul says, command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain how true that is, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. God provides us our material blessings, whether that be food, clothing, shelter, a place over our head, God provides every material blessing that we need. Spiritual blessings, material blessings. Every good and perfect gift comes down to us from our Heavenly Father. So then, if our Heavenly Father is so generous, and He is, should we not as fathers and as men follow his example and be just as generous. In scripture we see the greatest act of the Father's generosity. 1 John 4 9 This is how God showed his love his generosity among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. That's the greatest demonstration of the father's generosity. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might be saved, that we might live through him. The scripture says he did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. And also, with him, will he not truly give us all things? Let's be thankful today at the Father's generosity, not sparing his own son, but giving him up to us all. So let us as fathers and as men seek to emulate our Heavenly Father. Let's aspire to be like him in his generosity.
generosity. That's a great calling, isn't it? <laughs> Who can be like God in generosity? But that's our aspiration. That's what we're working towards. That's what we want to be like. That's who we want to be like. So then, let's look at the last divine attribute and characteristic of our Heavenly Father. He is unchangeable. James 1.17 again. Every good and perfect gift is from above. Coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. Now we have to be careful here. When we say that God is unchangeable, we do not mean that he's either inflexible or stubborn. <laughs> Those are human characteristics. God is not inflexible and God is not stubborn. When we say that God is unchangeable, we are simply affirming that he is both reliable and consistent. He is reliable in all his ways and he is consistent in his character. Malachi 3.6 says, I, the Lord, do not change. So you descendants of Jacob are not destroyed. Yes, he's speaking to the children of Israel, the children of Jacob. But what does that mean to us? It means that our safety, our security, and our survival are dependent on the unchangeable nature of God's character. Let me repeat that. Our safety, our security, and our survival are dependent on the unchangeable nature of God's character. We rely and we depend on the truth that God's love, God's mercy, and God's grace remain consistent according to his nature and according to his character. So then as fathers and as men, we should also have this same consistent and reliable character. Is that true of us? Can we say the same? Well, we may not be there yet. But that's who we should be. That's what we're working towards. That's our goal. That's our aim. As fathers and as men, others should be able to depend on us. Why? Because we're dependable. Because we're reliable. Because we're consistent in our character. Because we are reliable in our ways. So people can depend on us as fathers and as men. I've written this, I'm going to say it. <laughs> There's nothing worse than an unreliable father or an unreliable man. Now that's not strictly true. There are some things worse than an unreliable father and an unreliable man. But you get my drift. You understand what I'm saying. It's a shame when men are unreliable, when fathers are unreliable. So let's aspire not to be like that, 
Let's aspire to be fathers and men who people can rely on, who are dependable. As fathers and as men, we should always be, we should always remain consistent in expressing the love, the mercy and the grace of God. The grace of God, who is indeed our Heavenly Father. 2 Timothy 2.13, Paul says, If we are faithless, and I'm afraid quite often we can be, yet he will remain faithful. For he cannot disown, he cannot deny himself. Yes, God will remain faithful. He cannot disown, he cannot deny himself. What that's, does that mean? It means he cannot change his character, which remains faithful. He cannot change his nature, which remains faithful. He cannot change his word, which remains faithful. Yes, he will remain faithful because he is the unchangeable God. So what have we found? I'm coming to my conclusion. What have we found? First of all, why is this message even necessary? I would say because fatherhood has to be affirmed. Fatherhood has to be promoted. Fatherhood has to be supported. There's a spirit in this world which will deny the truth of fatherhood, which will deny the force of fatherhood, which will deny the goodness of fatherhood. I think it needs to be affirmed. It needs to be promoted. It needs to be supported. Fathers need to be respected and supported. As men, as a family of God, we need to do that. Fatherhood is both a privilege and a calling. And God calls all men to be fathers. So let's respond positively to that call. But to be successful fathers, to be successful men, we must exhibit and demonstrate the attributes and characteristics of our Heavenly Father. We must be men of love. We must be men of compassion. We must be men of generosity. We must be men of reliability and consistency. Why am I saying that? Because our families, our churches, our communities and our nation have a great need of fathers and of men who express and demonstrate the character of our Heavenly Father. God has called men to be fathers. But we can only be good fathers if we follow the example of our Heavenly Father. So then, 
this Father's Day, let us endeavour as men to be good fathers so that we might truly reflect the character of our Heavenly Father. Amen. Don't go far, my Don't go far. No. <laughs>